0: This message is brought to you by Heartland Family Fellowship. Hi, my name is Steve Finney, and I will be your speaker today. We thank you for listening in on our podcast, and hope that the Lord does bless you as you listen today. The importance of pictorial Hebrew due to the fact that the book of Revelation has individualistic character. The writing of John may be misunderstood by a reader who does not understand Hebrew history culture, customs, and manners. God is consistent in revealing himself in the very manner he did from the beginning of man's time. The symbolism and, and dramatic representations are impossible to understand without the Holy Spirit bringing the truth to the surface. God is Hebrew, and it takes the Holy Spirit to interpret the Hebrew foundation of the book of Revelation. Critical Peace Through centuries, many different approaches and and methodologies have been used to understand this book. There are four primary views. Any theologian or wannabe theologian that's listening to this message right now will know exactly what I'm talking about. These are the four views. At the top of this slide, we have a pictorial of the Revelation general timeline. I first want to explain this timeline to you. You have from the Old Testament forever that way, and the New Testament and New Living forever the other way. It's called eternal life. Life forever after is at the point of your salvation forward. Bad theology. You don't have life forever after. You have eternal life when you get saved. It means it's forever that way, and it's forever that way. Big difference. If you base your theology of salvation on forever after life, you're going to get stuck in the futuristic view of the book of Revelation, which is why we have that view with, with many theologians. They refer to your life in Christ started when you became born again. They don't understand the chosen elements of forever past and forever future, which is eternal life, the life of Christ that's why you have these categories of theologians is according to their view on salvation theological views always are rooted in the theological or the, the teachers view of salvation you, you hang on to that that life principle and you'll be able to understand and be able to read theologians and quickly discern what their view is on salvation if satan was to throw anything off to destroy the seed of god he would destroy a person's view of salvation the rest is history as they say because you can get someone to think they're saved and they're as dead as a doornail and they die and they stand before the throne of god someday and jesus looks at them and says i don't know you the person like, wait a minute here. I preached in your name for 43 years. I casted out demons. I, I mean, I was there for you. And Jesus is going to look at him. He's going to say what? I never knew you. Be gone from me, you wicked and evil generation. Go. That's where the 90% are going to be. Why? Because they believe lies about salvation. Which is what builds these four views you have before the birth of Jesus the foundation period this is God as a Hebrew building a Hebrew foundation for his son to be birthed into a good righteous Hebrew father will always lay the foundation for his family before he starts having children He will make sure he picks the right woman. He will make sure that she respects his Hebrew guidelines. He will make sure... He's laying this foundation to make sure before they have their first child, that child can be born into a foundation of principles and truths and doctrines that will last for eternity. That is what the Old Testament is for. Is for the birth of his son. You can make it into all kinds of things, but I'm telling you, Hebrew is clear on this. A Hebrew father will set the foundation of his family before he conceives one. Men who do not set a foundation before they get married, their marriages end in destruction because they are on a constant search for something that should have been found before the ring. So then you have the birth of Christ. Old Testament is still moving isn't it? The Old Testament stays intact all the way up to the cross. Jesus birth to death 33 and a half years his birth to death was still in the Old Testament and that's why he was freaking out all these people particularly the Muslims. You mean the Muslims were alive and well during Jesus' time? Uh, yeah the Muslims have been at it since the birth of uh, Ishmael where was Ishmael's mother from? one of the greatest historical facts in the Bible where was Egypt? where would Egypt come from? the whore of Babylon the wife of Nimrod this is this simple, critical pieces of church history we need to understand. And she came from the great whore. Egypt. Babylon. So you see, now, when she is cast out of the Jewish nation, the Hebrew people, you have the whole Islamic foundation their Old Testament began. We'll cover all the history of the Muslims. That's out of their history books. And give that to you so you have a real clean understanding of it. But any Muslim or converted Muslims listening right now knows exactly what I said is absolutely a part of their church history. Or their religious history. So, he created some enemies during this 30 years. Three years or 30 years depends on which view you want to take but he basically aroused the enemy Muhammad was doing his thing about that time they were warming up for their great leader their Christ figure so there was a lot of politics going on that led up to the cross then the death of the cross closed that book of the Old Testament opened up the new covenant the Old Covenant has been closed and finished and fulfilled and now the New Covenant has been opened up and that is classified as the New Testament from the cross to the last disciple dying physically is what is classified in church history as a transitional period during Jesus preaching before the cross There were thousands of people who chose to believe by the hearing of their ears. Did they have the Holy Spirit in them? And I hope you listen very, very carefully to this, because this is where the emergent church came from. Were the disciples Christians? Most say, of course they were Christians. You just denied the cross. You just denied the reason for the cross. You just denied the passageway of the cross. I did not. Yes, you did. The cross is for the purpose of entrance. It's the birthing canal of the born again experience. Now the disciples were not indwelt Christians. Were they Christians? Yes, they were Christ followers. So there were thousands of people who heard by the hearing of their ears. The transitional period of the, of the gospel is Christ before the ascension, the groom ascending. He said to the disciples this very significant doctrinal position. He was getting ready to send. Peter says, "Whoa, whoa, 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 wait! Where is this? Where's this gift that you promised us? I must go. That it must come. You see." When he ascends, then the Holy Spirit descends and starts the age of dispensation, the age of grace. You see, the Holy Spirit couldn't—the Holy Spirit has fallen upon people since the, the the first day of creation. But for the Holy Spirit to fall upon them and indwell them, this is the moment of dispensation the age of grace. He told them to go, to go lay hands on those believers so that they too may be filled with the Holy Spirit. The reason why that the second blessing, baptism of Holy Spirit, was birthed in the 1300s was a revival of this age, this period of transitional doctrine. Someone got the bright idea that you have salvation and then you have filling of the Holy Spirit. Wrong. You have Christianity hearing by the hearing of your ears and you have being born again. Well, it took off, primarily in England. And revival swept throughout the lands of the world. And you now have the charismatic view of salvation it's always about salvation in actuality it was a transitional period the disciples had to go back to all those people this is what the book acts is about had to go back to all those people and lay hands on them so that they may be filled with the Holy Spirit because they heard by the hearing of their ears they were choosing to follow christ i.e. the name that was given to them during that time called you are christians you are christ followers you're doing business with Christ it's a good label it just happens to be the same label the Antichrist will use for global religion Christianity Christ follower the question is who's your Christ who's your Messiah that's a good question most Christians today don't care as long as he's nice and wears pleated pants and has bleached hair and blue eyes Sound a little familiar? Sound like Germany a little bit? You see, Satan has been preparing that perfect look for a very long time. And he will show up in a very charming disposition. Then you have, from that moment forward, every person that got saved after the ascension received born again, Holy Spirit, is the same doctrine at the same time. That's when they got it. But there were thousands of people who thought they were saved because they followed him under a tree. And they were not. They were still going to go to hell in a handbasket. That was the passion of the disciples getting to all those people saying, you must receive the Holy Spirit. We must lay hands on you, pray over you so that you may receive the Holy Spirit. Because they were believers by the hearing of their ears. Those days are here again today. Charismatics would say that's what we mean by second blessing. That's bad theology. We'll spend more time talking about this. Because I know this is arousing a lot of curious listeners right now. Now we have the the age of grace. Which is the age of dispensation. And then we have the rapture. And this is when the bride does her ascension. Rapture is just a man-made term that is used. It comes from the term rape, to rip away by force. It's where we get our term rape. It's where we get the term rapture from the same Greek word. Rapture is ripping away by force, unexpected, without choice. That's rapture. It's the ascension of the bride. The groom ascends first to make sure the room is prepared. Then he comes and gets his bride and she ascends. Use the term rapture if you want. I know it's very popular. But it's the bride's ascension. Whatever the groom does, the bride's going to have to do. Whatever the groom does, the bride's going to have to do. You've got to go to the cross, you have to go to the cross. You have to, do, you have, to have the Holy Spirit manifesting, the, so does the bride. The, the groom has to ascend, so does the bride. Everything a husband does, a woman must do. So the pressure and responsibility on a man is enormous to demonstrate and replicate this model. Then you have the seven year the, of Satan. If you're Muslim, that's the seven-year reign of the Mahdi, And during for the Muslims, those of you who are listening, and I know we have lots of you listening weekly, the Mahdi is going to reign for seven years. And during that seven years, he is going to kill the Antichrist of Europe. This is right out of your books. And that Antichrist in Europe is going to be fatally wounded. But what you do not know is he's going to come back to life he wasn't really dead he was just fatally wounded and your Made will be put to rest and that will create a global war now we'll talk more about that at another time but that seven-year reign is what we refer to as Satan ruling directly for seven years he just happens to use the most powerful religion to do it then you have the groom's return And then the thousand year reign of Christ. And this is the time of judgment. Every single person will go through judgment. Everyone. Including us. We just won't have to pay the cost. But we will have to go through it. And then you have the groom lives with the bride. In the new heaven and the new earth. We are taken to this room he has been preparing for us. The reason why I am a new earth person is because I believe Christ is there preparing this new earth, planet. It's not a room off the extension of God the Father's mansion. Those are terms that are used in Hebrew. Mansion, if you even look it up in a Latin dictionary, doesn't mean house. It's kingdom, it's domain. It's a sovereign area. So this place that Jesus Christ is preparing is a planet. It's the new earth. Then when we are taken to this new place of living, we will have new living from rapture forward is the third category of the trinity of creation. You have Old Testament, New Testament, and new living. We're not new living yet. We're fighting sin every day of our life. New living has not really, truly been launched. It will after we're raptured or we ascend. New living begins. Then we, as a part of this new living, we are literally placed on this new earth to live victoriously forever and ever and ever. The new earth is on the category of forever. It wasn't always this earth here wasn't always they're in timelines the life of christ is always now let's take a look at the four views view number one is the futurist method this group views the book as the event stated in the book as immediately preceding the end of the world the truth of the matter is the first four chapters are past and present please write this down The first four books, chapters, excuse me, of the book are past and present. The remainder of the chapters are futuristic. If you have a futuristic view, everything you read from chapter 1 to 21 you're going to view as in the future. You're going to miss some very, very important news in your newspaper if you have that view. Futuristic is basically they're saying after the rapture occurs the book of Revelation addresses it well anyone who does say that to to me I already know that they do not have hardly any understanding of Hebrew I just automatically assume that because there's tons of Ezekiel Daniel all the way back to Genesis packed in to the first four chapters of Revelation. Then we have our preterist or preterist method and that is destruction. The word does mean destruction. It's the approach that interprets the book in the light of destruction of Jerusalem and the fall of Rome. other words it's done. Jehovah Witnesses it's done. So the age of dispensation is this age it's not here as you and i believe under the thousand year reign it's here they believe this started here there's all kinds of doctrines that have manifested because of this belief some even believing the gifts of the holy spirit fell into a cave a stone rolled in front of them and God doesn't use these manifestations of healing and raising dead and so forth and so on until some of the final hours again view number three is continuous historical method this approach is much like the proterist, with the addition of moving beyond the fall of Rome in regards to Revelation as a snapshot of the entire history of the body of Christ and the world from the era of the writing of the book to the final closure itself. So this historical view is from the last breath of the last disciple forward. And they have a safer view, but if you haven't noticed, that every view so far does not embrace pictorial Hebrew. But whenever I use the term pictorial Hebrew, please remember I'm just saying Hebrew. They're not embracing Hebrew. The past. The Old Testament. That's why this book has been so misunderstood is most people believe it's some kind of a book of the mysterious things of the future. Not understanding it's one of the greatest history books written on the overview of the entire plan. Symbolic method is number four. This method is the most popular amongst theologians. Symbolic interpretation suggests that the eternal truths of the prophecies should be deduced and then applied to daily living. That would be like looking in the book of Revelation and using this chapter, this verse, and you are using the verse as comfort and well, you know, I know that God's talking about some kind of angel opening up a seal and the seal is disclosing the true passion for the love of Christ in the martyrs and the and you and they they take all of that historical data and they turn it into a personal mushy mushy being ministered to by the Holy Spirit piece of truth. Yes, the book of Revelation can be used like that, and is used like that for the whole, with the Holy Spirit, but it is not for that reason. It would be like reading your newspaper to try to find some comfort out of it. This is God's newspaper. He is clearly showing you His news. What's to come. What's already happened. And these people turn everything into this mushy, emergent, view of prophetic things that were said is just simply to be deduced and applied to your daily living. The emergent movement has literally done that to the entire Bible. Some would only even go as far as printing a New Testament. I know of Christians who actually walk around just with the New Testament. That's a confession right there for you. These interpreters oftentimes have struggle with prophetic elements of John's writings. This is the primary reason why this these this particular group tends to put this book at the bottom of the list when it comes to studying the Word of God. This process is what theologians call Demi theological demith tried to say this again last night. Demi. Demythologizing, demythologizing And demythologizing means to reveal and understand the true character, nature, meaning of something by uh, writing it with mythical and mysterious aspects. So you, they're seeing it as a symbol and it's my job to extract the living life out of that symbol is what it means. My approach will be to integrate all four. We find God revealing the book of Revelation to the future, and then the future destruction, the fall of Jerusalem, the Pterist, his continuous history, and he uses the symbols contained within the book to benefit the bride of his son. For whatever the reason, people think they have the need to categorize fellow believers in order to secure their own personal beliefs, or to reject thereof there's some that are probably listening right now to what we've shared so far you've already got me labeled we are comfortable with labeling people and putting them in certain boxes so we don't have to deal with them instead of thinking and really listening carefully and going and researching and praying and reading and discovering through the Holy Spirit the truth behind what is being said I reject such labeling God wants to wants us to see, hear, and embrace his truth. He doesn't want Calvin, Luther, or any other categorical leader to pigeonhole his revelation. This book is, and I'm referring to the the book of Revelation, is so holy and pure that God said in the last chapter, if any man adds to this book, or deletes one jot or tittle which is a Hebrew concept is removed from the book of life it doesn't say that about Ezekiel It doesn't say that about Matthew it doesn't say that about James it says it about the book of Revelation you mess with this book and I'll take you right out of the book of life that's the only time in the scriptures that even give hint to you losing salvation One of the many eternal blessings connected with the Holy Scriptures is that because each writing is timeless, it becomes very timely. Anything that is timeless is timely. You will not find any other book in the Bible truer of this than the book of Revelation. Consider this. A book that was written almost 2,000 years ago has hit its mark 100% of the time since the day of it has been written it is like that television show that they put together of the cat bringing a newspaper to the, the to the door and the guy would get up every day he would open up his door he grabbed the newspaper he would open up the newspaper and what would he find tomorrow's news not today's tomorrow's news that's the book of revelation except for God had a special section in there of past news Present news, tomorrow's news. No, that's too weird for us, so we don't mess with it. Here's a fun fact for us. Did you know that in order to become a CIA agent, and I know this personally, not as me as an agent, but I know an agent, and uh, you must study the book of Revelation as well as the major prophecies of the Old Testament. You do not have to study, unless you are being put into the religion department of the CIA, you do not have to study the Koran or Book of Mormons or any other religious documents. But every CIA agent in their training must study the Book of Revelation and certain prophecies of the Old Testament. Why? Because they know, even as governing authorities that God is hitting the mark 100%. For those of us who are bridal members of Christ, we have the indwelling life of Jesus Christ inside of our mortal bodies. The book is our road map, the big picture of where we came from, where we are, and where we're headed. Now it is time to learn and to read and to learn how to read the map itself. The eternal message of this book is that Christ, our husband, is coming back for his bride. After removing us from this mess, he takes matters into his own hands and destroys anyone, man and spirit, that offended his woman, the church. It won't be pleasant to watch, it will be horrid to hear and grievous to be a part of, for many of them will be our family and our friends if you try to complicate the scriptures we are complicating marriage marriage is real simple what god has joined together no man's law can separate you stay married until death parts you the reason why you stay married until death parts you is to keep the doctrines of the groom and the bride of jesus christ and the bride of christ intact so that the people can believe the scriptures when He says, I will never leave you or forsake you. I will never divorce you. But if Satan somehow can interrupt those doctrines of marriage, then the Christian is going to get to the point of thinking, well, Christ will forsake me. In other words, there will be certain denominations that will believe you can lose your salvation. Divorce it's running rampant all over the world it is the number one way that Satan will destroy the foundation of the understanding the ability to understand the book of Revelation is to destroy marriages why was Israel the first nation in the entire world to adopt homosexual marriages you answer the question they happen to be the number one culture in the entire world of continuous history that stood their ground of not mixing marriages, or divorcing, or aborting, or euthanizing. And now, they're the number one nation in the world that does it. That's the result of Satan's attacking. Now he's working on America to euthanize the adults and handicap, to abort babies at a rate that is, why do I even bother putting the statistics up anymore? Divorce rate. We have the highest divorce rate in the world. 67% of the registered marriages in America last year ended in divorce. Why? Because of what we just shared. This is all about the marriage of the Lamb. Christ is coming back to deal with every single person and spirit that offended his wife. We don't even have men in our age today that are willing to stand up and defend their women. We kill them. We beat them. We slap them. We curse them. We kick them. We move them out of the way. We leave them alone. We don't protect them. We don't protect their minds. We don't protect their bodies. We don't protect their eyes. We don't protect their children. That's the country we live in. You don't like them? Leave them get a new pair of shoes until those are worn out then get another pair of shoes it used to be when I used to give this sermon years ago the average was two marriages you made the second one work today it's three so it's not just divorce and remarriage first was divorce, then it was divorce and remarriage now Christians have got that blended into their church doctrines that it's okay now you have First it was divorce and we finally accepted that. Then it was remarriage and we finally accepted that as a cultural norm. And now we have divorce and remarriage and divorce and remarriage three times and it's normal. Our norm of remarriages is three in America. <coughs> My record is nine. Counsel had nine. So all that is significant in affecting the doctrines of Revelation. To have a groom come back and literally destroy the entire world and personally punish a little at a time anyone who has offended his woman? Well, that's just crazy doctrines, isn't it? Why would God do such a thing if he was a loving God? Well, you mess with a man who truly understands manhood with his woman, you'll see wrath. And that's what we're going to see with Jesus Christ. That's what we're going to see with God the Father. First time he came with peace, peace. The second time he comes will be with a sword in hand, drawn sword in hand. The sword's on fire, fire in his eyes, fully dressed in warrior clothes. And he's coming to finish it. So all of you lonely bridal members of Christ out there that feel alone and being persecuted and, and tortured... Know this, it's all being written down. And he will come back to stand for you. Just hang on. He is coming. He will come and make his statement for you. Don't be afraid of this book. Consider it a gift of God to give you a snapshot, in, snapshot into your future. God loves us so much that he wants you and me to see with our eyes the living proof that he is in charge and that he should not be frightened or you and I should not be frightened by sudden fear. He is the I am. Do you remember, ladies, us guys seem to forget this passage for some reason. Do you remember what Peter told that gal who spoke up About her disobedient husband to the word. 1 Peter chapter 3 verses 1 through 7. Do you remember what he said to that woman? She thought she had classic reasons to go independent. And what did Peter say to this gracious woman? So he says, not just addressing this woman who brought this up he now just lifts his head up and he addresses all the women in dispensation. The women of grace. And he said this, If you have a husband who is disobedient to the word, win him to the word without a word. Don't lecture him. Well, how are we going to do that? Win him by not just your pure behavior, externally I'm paraphrasing of course but when by your character see women adorn themselves they want to look good and even though that when their husbands become disobedient to the word they use that adornment to entice other men in general Peter's addressing this he says let your adornment be in here with the life of Christ then he says this. This is absolutely profound passage for me in studying the book of Revelation. He said, Be as your mother, Sarah, Lord. Look, up in the, look it up in the Greek and what you're going to find is this translation. Be as your mother. And then you, if you gave the Hebrew definition of Sarah, the passage will just simply blow you away but be as your mother Sarah and submit to the point of calling your husband owner he owns you that's what lord means doesn't mean god it means owner and do not be frightened by sudden fear it doesn't say fear it says sudden fear sudden fear is this that's sudden fear. It's like, it's like a bang. It's like a loud balloon behind you. It's like startling you. That is what throws the Bride of Christ off is hey. The enemy just frightens you, scares you. And he said, Don't don't be frightened. Don't react. By their words and their ridiculous behavior and their, their ungodliness, just don't don't react. Just submit. Just continue to consider him your owner. Jesus Christ owns Steve Finney. He owns him. I am not my own. And if you're born again into a believer, you're not your own. You don't own you. You have no rights other than the rights of the husband. That's what Peter was telling her. Peter, I believe understood the book of Revelation before it was written. That man had unbelievable, prophetic insight before the book was even written. Because they match. You read the book of John, book John wrote, Revelation, and Peter's writings, and you go, what? How did how'd this happen? <laughs> the Holy Spirit was already telling Peter things that were clearly dispelled in the book of Revelation. Comments or questions? Thank you for joining us today. Heartland Family Fellowship is a local church plant here in Sterling, Kansas. Our fellowship includes the family and all levels of worship. Our mission is to bring families back together spiritually, relationally, and physically. Many people ask us, what does that really mean, or how does it benefit them? Well, it means that you can bring your entire family to any of Heartland's events, and we will work to keep the focus on God, Jesus Christ, and the body of Christ without dividing up the family at the front door. If you're interested in learning more about our fellowship or other family-integrated fellowships, please log on to our website. That is www.heartlandfellowships.org. We thank you for joining us. Get and a bind, your shirt off your back. Need a floor, need a couch, need a bus back.